With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hello and welcome to another bonus episode of Off the Record. My name's Jordan Runtog. Thanks so much for listening. Our last two episodes followed David in the late 70s as he recorded Low and Heroes, the twin pillars of his so-called Berlin trilogy. Sorry, Lodger fans. These records contain the most innovative music Bowie ever made and are an artistic triumph on almost every level. This is surprising because, on paper, none of this should have ever worked. Who gets an R&B rhythm section to play lockstep krautrock electro jams? Who loads an entire side of what's ostensibly a pop album with wordless ambient soundscapes? Who makes an album mere steps from the Berlin Wall, one of the most notorious geopolitical hotspots on the globe? Even David's compositional process had changed, adopting avant-garde techniques gleaned from renegades like Iggy Pop, Brian Eno, William Burroughs, John Cage, and Steve Reich. As is so often the case, David fused this collection of disparate ideas and influences into something completely new, a sound that's indefinable and sometimes indescribable. What would you call, say, sound and vision? At best, it's a freakish multi-hyphenate of genres. If you force me to pick a single word, I just have to go with awesome. In addition to co-producer Tony Visconti and errant mad musical scientist Brian Eno, another crucial collaborator on the German sessions was Idu Meyer. Idu was an engineer at Hansa Studios, the famous hall by the wall that served as David's creative home during his time in Berlin. When he wasn't working on Schlager, or schlocky German pop that ruled the airwaves at the time, Idu helped David put the finishing touches on low. David even enlisted him to play the mournful cello part on Weeping Wall, inspired by the symbol of division and oppression looming just outside the studio windows. Idu also assisted on the albums David produced for Iggy Pop, The Idiot, and Lust for Life. Their working relationship stretched into the 80s, when David would return to Berlin to record the soundtrack to the Bertolt Brecht play Baal and play his legendary 1987 concert at the Reichstag. They'd remain friends until the end of David's life. 
Edu occasionally gives speaking engagements in conjunction with Berlin Music Tours, the only company that actually takes you inside the famous hall by the wall. I've taken the trip myself, and being there in the room where Bowie actually belted out heroes is truly awe-inspiring. Edu was giving a talk as part of the release celebration for Black Star in 2016 when he heard the news about David's passing. I'm so grateful Edu agreed to speak with me and share his memories of being alongside Bowie as he recorded the groundbreaking music of Lowe. I just start to uh, tell a little bit about my turn to Berlin. And uh, actually, uh, I, wa- I was born as, as somebody who wanted uh, not to be a musician and not to be a technical uh, guide, uh, but to do both together. So that what, that means uh, I had to uh, had sound engineering course lecture at uh, high school uh, in Düsseldorf. I did this in Düsseldorf in uh, 1969 to uh, 1972 and made my final, final exam in 1972 and started uh, uh, my career as a recording engineer at Cornet Studio in Cologne. And from there, I got the jump in 1975 uh, to Berlin and uh, very soon I came across uh, the, the Hansa uh, studio manager who uh, whom I asked for a job and uh, who said, well, you can start next uh, Monday. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, in February 1976. So I came across uh, David Bowie at, uh, this year, 1976, in summer. He uh, had contact uh, to Edgar Fröse from uh, Tangerine Dream uh, in a while, and uh, Edgar recommended him uh, Hansa Studio right to the uh, edge of uh, the Berlin Wall. We had the Berlin Wall. Uh, a, a few steps uh, far from the studio and uh, so he came across Hansa and looked at it and said wow a big hall and he named it the big hall by the wall <laughs> which was originally the Meistersaal the house for the masters of building houses and uh, so uh, uh, we had a new name for uh, international name for uh, Hansa Studio 2, um, which was Studio 2 because we had one studio uh, uh, at another location in Berlin. Uh, um, this was, by the way, the studio where we started uh, uh, to listen to uh, David's tapes uh, because uh, Hansa uh, Studio 2, the big hall, was busy with uh, our Schlager producer Jack White in Germany who produced all these uh, Schlager people um, from morning uh, till night. And uh, so the studio was busy uh, day and night and uh, he had to move where to uh, direct him to uh, the Nestorstrasse of the Studio One, uh, which was uh, a very good uh, studio. And, and meanwhile, very famous studio as well for for the Berlin 
uh, music uh, scene. So we, we started as well uh, with uh, Iggy Pop. He was uh, present at the time as well, at the very beginning of David's work uh, in Berlin, and did some of his uh, finished some of his uh, plans to uh, uh, bring out some music, some new music, uh, The Idiot, for example. And uh, so we worked on on uh, the backing tracks of Lowe, uh, who were produced in uh, in France before. And uh, David was a bit fed up with uh, the studio uh, in France, and uh, so he came uh, to Berlin uh, by recommendation as well of Edgar Fröse and. And uh, I knew Ed- Edgar Fröse as well a little bit before. So when when we started uh, at uh, Hansa One uh, in Nesterstraße, uh, came closer to each other. First of all, I was the one, the guy who uh, directed uh, Tony Visconti uh, to the specialities of the studio and of the plugins and all, all the, the uh, equipment which was uh, available uh, to do something with the tapes and they got uh, cassettes to uh, rehearse and to listen to it uh, in their hotel uh, uh, rooms and uh, so then they decided to uh, do some work on it and later we had another session in uh, Answer two in the big hall by the wall, and um, so we wo- worked uh, on the album low, and um, he uh, added uh, um, some uh, small vocal uh, parts and and a saxophone part, and uh, we did two new tracks as well with uh, the equipment in the studio. Uh, where there was was a marimba phone and uh, uh, David uh, played uh, on this marimba phone in, in the big hall and he said, "Okay, can can we use this?" I said, "Of course, uh, we, we can use everything here in the studio." And uh, then he started uh, to uh, record one of the tracks of the B side of uh, the album Low, uh, which was the Weeping Wall. And he uh, did a count on tape on one track from 1 to 180. And uh, every time he was overdubbing his counting, he said, okay, drop me in at uh, 86, uh, drop me in at uh, 95, uh, drop me in anywhere you want. (laughs) And uh, so he, he used this marimba phone to do uh, uh, a certain kind of uh, musical carpet uh, on 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 this uh, a tape uh, which was the basis for uh, the weeping wall and then he added some other uh, things to it as well as when he find out found out that I was a, a trained uh, a uh, musician uh, on my cello, um, he had the idea, uh, and uh, Tony Visconti as well, to do some uh, overdubbing with my cello. So I brought my cello into the studio, and so we did eight tracks uh, on uh, Articade, and uh, so um, got some bow scratching uh 
from my cello uh, to this track, which um, made it much more alive than it was when I listened to it. And uh, Tony Visconti wrote a, a little score for me because uh, I'm uh, a classical musician uh, and I'm used to uh, play music from scores. And uh, so it worked. It worked very funny. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What did you think of the music David was playing as you were working on it? Was it apparent early on that this wasn't just an ordinary pop album? Well, it was something very new for me because uh, the way we did recordings at Hansa and uh, as well in Cologne before was uh, uh, like somebody who was organizing this on scores and uh, writing uh, scores for the the single musicians and they uh, used uh, to uh, play from from these scores, and uh, this was uh, sort of completely different stuff. There, there were no scores at all. There was no written music, except maybe for some lyrics uh, of David, and um, as well with Iggy Pop, he, he wrote very much uh, lyrics on a piece of paper. He had, had a roll from the kitchen, and he sat in the, in the side room where he could look to the uh, console and uh, watch um, watch uh, the movements on on uh, the recording session and uh, he had a role and he wrote lyrics and the the role was hanging just uh, round the whole room <laughs> a long roll of 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 uh, written stuff of uh, lyrics 
I don't know what for. Maybe it has written some letters as well. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Yeah, quite funny. What was David like in the studio when he when he came into the studio? Did he know exactly what he wanted and he sat down and did it, or was there a lot of experimentation at this time and trying stuff out and then kind of making a decision afterwards when he heard all the different options? Well, um, he he was present all the time, of course, and uh, David was was very keen on working uh, on his stuff and uh, no drugs, no drugs at all, and. Uh, yeah, the little box of beer, beer bottles uh, was around. He was uh, very keen on on working on his tapes, and uh, so whenever uh, there was a, a discussion about uh, how to do something, uh, uh, David uh, had the last word, and and he was doing what what he wanted. Um, everybody was was clear that David's uh, uh, ideas were uh, performed, of course. So when, when he uh, performed himself as well, he did what he wanted. And, and he was very clean, very clear on, on this. Uh, and he, of course, he was interested in everything which has got to do uh, something with the technique of, of the studio. And uh, I mean, 1976, cannot be compared uh, to uh, studio technique today and uh, it there was no digital stuff at all and uh, there was everything was analog and if you wanted to edit music you had to cut the tapes and was very heavy yeah <laughs> very much what was his working relationship like with with Tony Visconti how did they they push one another and and uh, and, and work together they they were um, master and client, and uh, from both sides. Uh, uh, I mean, David uh, said uh, uh, Tony what to do, and Tony said uh, recommended David something, and uh, he accepted also. Uh, and they were good friends, and uh, so I came to both of them. Uh, after a while as a good friend too and first of all there was a little skepticism and uh, uh, so we, we were fresh and uh, uh, not yet uh, colleagues uh, uh, like we, we were later on and uh, so during the whole time with David Bowie uh, I mean it lasted until until 87, where I saw him last time, uh, except for the concert he did in 2002. Uh, but all the time, we were good friends, and uh, and uh, I, I had contact uh, until he finished uh, all his contacts with uh, his friends before, just uh, two years before he died. Probably the doctor had said, you have two more years, and, and that's it. And um, at this time, we were good friends uh, together and we uh, could smell uh, each other very, very well. I know you were at a Black Star listening event at Hansa Studios when, when you heard the news of his passing. In, in a strange way, it must have been nice to be surrounded by so many people at that moment who, who loved him. Yeah, yeah. We, we had no idea that two days uh, after the uh, publication of Black Star, 
uh, David would pass. I mean, this was was terrible. It, it was. It's like uh, I can't believe um, what's going on, and so uh, it was a very heavy time at, at this time. And I flew from Berlin uh, when uh, Tilo woke me up in the morning uh, after this weekend and said David has passed, and I said no way. Can't can't be, and, but it was, and uh, our telephone uh, lines were were uh, blinking all the time, and it was very heavy. And I said, I I have I have to quit now. I have to uh, go back to the country uh, at this at this point. Yeah, that that was uh, the tenth uh, of. Uh, January 19, 2016. It was very heavy, heavy for us, for for the whole world, I guess. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. David's relationship with Berlin always seemed very special. When I visited Berlin a few years back, I got the sense that David was revered as far more than just a pop star or a talented musician, but he meant something to the German people in a much deeper way. Berliners sort of adopted him as their their adopted son, and it seems like he felt really comfortable there. The stories as well was... With uh, a, a girlfriend, he, he had there. Uh, she uh, uh, talked about him that um, in in the underground, when somebody uh, asked her, "Is this David Bowie?" Uh, she she made uh, something very strange, like uh, uh, she talked to him in German, <laughs> uh, uh, and 
we have forgotten to uh, to buy some potatoes, Heinrich. <laughs> she said. <laughs> she she uh, covered him from everything, and uh, as well, Coco uh, was taking care of him all the time, and Coco was watching uh, the tapes and uh, no no tapes uh, out of the studio and. So they had uh, made bad experiences with uh, st stolen tapes oh, and yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. And uh, so uh, I, I took very much care of uh, all the tapes and uh, yeah, that, that uh, worked wonderful. <laughs> uh, you spent Christmas with, with David and Coco. I think it was Christmas. Oh, Christmas. Seven... Yeah. How, how was that? <laughs> what was that like? Yeah, uh, it happened uh, that uh, they invited me to a Christmas meal. I said, oh, yeah, why not? And uh, so I came to Hauptstraße and uh, I was shown around uh, this apartment and it was uh, many rooms, one after another. You could go uh, like uh, an atrium uh, around the whole uh, apartment, uh, all the rooms were just one mattress or uh, nothing in it and uh, uh, except Bachelor. for the yeah for the last room uh, which was david's uh, sleeping room where he had a real bed and and an, an easel where he, he had his paintings and uh, i can't remember which painting was just on the easel maybe it was just the easel standing there alone but uh, the last room was uh, the kitchen and there was everything you needed to uh, prepare the, the food and a meal. And uh, Coco had uh, had a rooster uh, in, in the oven in the oven, and and there were a couple of people, uh, of course, uh, Iggy Pop and uh, his son and uh, David's son and uh, Coco, of course. And uh, yeah, it was was. Uh, a very funny evening with uh, David in his privacy uh, with, with a with a goose, a goose, a, uh, yeah, <laughs> brown, uh, baked brown, and uh, uh, very tasty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you see him much outside of the studio? Uh, aside from this Christmas meal, did you go out to to dinners or, or go have coffee or anything like well, that? Well, we we have had have not uh, um, we didn't have uh, very much uh, uh, private uh, uh, contact. Uh, just uh, I mean, just the studio was was our meeting point uh, all the time, and I didn't interfere as well because there was going. There were going things around, like uh, the divorce was uh, was his uh, lady in, in uh, Switzerland. And, oh yeah, with Angie. There were strange stories, and so uh, I couldn't even follow the uh, speeches which were uh, uh, held there on telephone, and um, and there were, was trouble with a lawyer, as as far as I remember, there was trouble. With RCA, with the company who didn't like the the product of low and <laughs> what have you, what what a shit uh, is on this tape. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny to hear that now because everyone loves it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> 
David's spoken a lot about the studio's proximity to the wall, to the, the Berlin Wall being something that, that really unnerved him. You could see the guards from the control room. What was the atmosphere yeah, you, like? You could, could look uh, through uh, when you s- sit uh, in front of the console, um, you could look through a window right to the wall. And uh, there was a big house behind the wall. And on top of the house, there were uh, two little barracks for the the guards who were wearing binoculars and uh, machine guns uh, on on their backs and uh, very funny. And the summer we opened with uh, we we uh, we uh, listened to the tapes on with open windows, and uh, I'm I'm sure they could uh, listen and they could watch us with their binoculars. And uh, one day, um, at the very beginning, when we were standing in front of the console and uh, looked uh, to the wall, uh, um, I took one of the lamps and and uh, directed it to the to the guards on top of there. And at the same time, uh, Tony and uh, David jumped uh, down under the desk uh, to hide themselves because they thought they were. <laughs> They were doing something with their guns, and I said, they like us. They they don't do do us anything. <laughs> I thought they were going to get shot at. <laughs> yeah, very funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah m- many little jokes uh, around the whole uh, situation. And, I mean, the results uh, were quite all right. Off the Record is a production of iHeartRadio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. So I, I know you've got a lot going on. But remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.